Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Today I've got with me Joanne Mitchell. Hello, Joanne. Hello. Good to meet you. I, uh, we've uh, we've had uh, your your director and husband Dominic Brunt previously on here when uh, when Bate played at uh, Fright Fest a few years ago. So good to have his better half on. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. And we've come together because of uh, a number of things, but mainly let's start with. Um, Adult Babies, which is a new film that, that got a teaser trailer at, um, at August's Fright Fest, which I saw. And did it have more shown in, in February at Glasgow? Oh yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. We have a, we've we've had a proper teaser done because I think I think in August you probably just saw a tiny little bit of the. Um, am I allowed to say shit, Canon? Is that is that, you, is that a... yeah? You can yeah yeah. Well, that's its description. Yeah. I think. I think, yeah. in fact, I saw it at the, at the um, did I saw it at the Duke Mitchell Club then, yeah. when Dominic did a... Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, I, I genuinely did catch a snippet then, didn't I? <laughs> you did, that That was that was literally the snippet, because that's all we had, because we finished <laughs> filming, and we, we finished filming in, I think, in July, and right. uh, so we just managed to get a little, a few frames cut together and, and presented it there, um, and uh, so obviously... Now we've got this teaser trailer, which went to Glasgow recently, mm-hmm. uh, end of February, wasn't it? I think it was the end of February. Um, yeah, so that went down really, really well. And um, we're really pleased. So we're still on with the, I mean, the film's been edited, but we're still on with the dub and putting all the layers onto it with the foley and the music and everything. So it, we're in the final, the very final stages. So um, it's all looking really, really good. Exciting times, exciting times. So, so... So far, we've said the words adult babies. You've said shit cannon. People <laughs> listening are going to be going, pardon? So do you want to give us a sense of what this film's about, if, it, if it's easy to give us a synopsis? Yeah, I'll give you a synopsis. Yeah, it's, um, well, basically, <laughs> it is a crazy film. Let's just put that... It is bonkers, so yeah. let's just put that out there. It's, it's like nothing I have ever done or written the story for before in my life so um so it's it's really pushed me out of my comfort zone (laughs) (laughs) in many ways um so it's basically it's a group of high-powered middle-aged white men um they take refuge from the stresses and strains of their daily lives which you know they're in high positions in society and they basically spend their time relaxing and regressing as adult babies which is what i think um, is why people regress to adult babies because there is comfort in there, there is relaxation, they are looked after. So that's what they do. So there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, they, it's set in a beautiful secret location. It's almost, I would say, Masonic. You could, you could say that. Okay. Um, and we soon um, come to realize that this is not their only function. So their function isn't just to be looked after by nurses and 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 people uh so that they can have a really nice time and wallow about and and and, and drink milk and stuff like that they, they they actually do have another function um and and that function is to refuel the world's economy um by sinister and unusual means um 
so they are looked after by um, a trained team of nurses Mm -hmm. and and this is their perfect escape Uh, and, and and, and that's basically what it is however unbeknownst to them whilst they're in their kind of in their solace and their and their relaxation mode um there is a three intruders disturb their peace and their tranquility and they are searching for a top secret document so that gives you a kind of a an idea what's going on there is something else going on within within this this big building uh secret location and um this <laughs> held within this manor house okay so are you still with me i am yeah 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 well i've i've heard what you've said <laughs> <laughs> okay so from then on they, they, this the chase begins so the action really sort of throttles forward and it goes into top gear and it basically tumbles towards a kind of roller coaster of bizarre and horrifying happenings and it goes from the sublime and it goes to the ridiculous and the babies will make sure that no one leaves alive basically so that's kind of the synopsis and um it's it's a horror film. It's a genre film. So you've got to make it a horror film and a genre film uh, because that's 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 what we want. But mm-hmm. also within that, we are we use animation. We use claymation because we have Lee Hardcastle on board again. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. So um, you know we've got the we've got the film and 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 of course as we've mentioned before we, we we're introducing the shit cannon which I don't think has ever been used in a film before. No, no, I think I think in in the list of first for horror you, you're gonna you're gonna be there at the top. Yes, <laughs> and, and probably yeah. So uh, so that's you may even stand alone for a while. <laughs> I think we probably will. <laughs> uh, at, at very a very far distance. I, I would uh, recommend. No, no, no. But um, no, it's uh, it, it. So it was huge amounts of fun um, to make and. Um, yeah, it was great. It was great. So what, what's what's uh, what's your role in this? You're 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 uh, you're playing you're playing you're acting in front of the camera for this one. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, I play one of the nurses, Clinton, who um, is just a psychotic monster, really. Um, she's obviously institutionalized. She's been there for a very long time. And she's kind of lost a grip on reality, but she has a job to do and mm-hmm. she does that job and she serves the people that she has to serve. And, um, yes, I, that she, myself, my character and Margaret, who is kind of the chief matron, mm. who is by Sally Dexter, um, we, 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 we are kind of, we've been there forever, really. We've kind of lost a grip of anything that goes on outside the, the walls of this Masonic mansion house. Um, and, you know, we fulfill our job that we have to do. Yeah. What is it with these, uh, these rich, powerful men that, that want to submit to sort of <laughs> something that's so ridiculous, but yet it's harmless, obviously. Yeah, so it's harmless and it's not, it's nothing to do with, I mean, if, if, if you, I mean, it, it, the, the important thing I think is, is it's not sexual in any way, shape or form. It's very much, um, I think it's, you know, some people, some of these men, not all men, obviously, but some men have incredibly stressful lives and it, it doesn't mean necessarily that they are very high powered. They might have different stresses or, you know, for whatever. And they just want to be looked after. They don't want to, they want to take away the stress of the world of society. Um, but in this case, it's, it is a very much, uh, it, that they are the sort of the higher class, the higher powered, um, men in our society. That's how, how we based it. But that doesn't, you know, I mean, obviously, if you want to look at what adult babies are generally and why they do it, it it's, 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 it's very interesting and, and very psychological. Um, but obviously within the confines of a horror film, that's where we have stopped with ours. You know, they are high powered businessmen. Now, obviously, the, the, the term adult babies takes you to some interesting places when you put it in Google. And yeah. um, and I I came across DailyDiapers.com, which is a store for uh, for shoppers of adult baby clothing and accessories. And you'd be surprised to learn that your film is features in their forum, 
people are talk, speculating already. And a question asked on there, now not to not to sort of be too serious too soon, but it was it was interesting nevertheless to read it, given what you just said there about 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 the um, about this kind of sort of fringe activity, if you want a better expression. Um, will, will, their hope was the film would be entertaining and not just a cheap literal demonization of them. No, I think I think you know I think that's a very fair fair comment uh, to make, and I and I think that the film will be very entertaining, and we mustn't forget that this is a genre film, so we, mm-hmm. there's, we've got to sort of tick quite a few boxes, um, and, um, and and there is a there we we do have a comment. I mean, it's a satirical horror, mm-hmm. so it's a comment like we make like we we, we like to. Uh, Making all our films that you know with Before Dawn, you know it wasn't just a zombie film. It was a, it was it was an allegory for the breakdown of a relationship mm-hmm. with Ben. It was, it was the monster and 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 the, the economic situation within the society in which we're living, and the monster being a real person. And with this one, there is still the monster, um, but we are making a comment on, I suppose, um, on on what's going on within the world, the world economy, the upper classes, potentially. Um, and, um, yeah, I think that's, you know, but no, I, think, not- I, think right. no, I think, I think that's, that's, that's all fair. That's all fair game to me. I mean, it's, it was, it's interesting. Just having just watched, um, taboo and, you know, and much of that, much of the decadence that went on was to do with high society. You know, there was it wasn't yeah. frowned upon. You just went and got drank your absinthe and had a whale of a time. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, this is. I mean, that's that's kind of you know what we're what we're doing with this as well. You know, it's have a have a lovely bottle of milk and and off you go, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, and relax and enjoy the ride. You know, I mean, then that's exactly what it is. And it and it it's 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 um. Oh, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought now. But you know, it, it is it is very much a horror film, and it is not. It, we're not saying, you know, people who dress up as adult babies are wrong in any way, shape, or form, because that's you know what anyone wants to do, you know, in their spare time or whatever. Whatever, that's absolutely every you know their business, and and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. And but it, we're making a film here, so we we we're sort of just taking it as far as we can, mm. um, but not. But it's not a comment. I think it's more of a comment on our society and the people who rule our society, much more so than anyone who would like to dress up as an adult baby. Well, I won't be surprised if Trump's got a shit can. Well, that <laughs> <laughs> he's got several. <laughs> <laughs> now, I only established it that uh, Dominic, Dominic Brunt's the director and also um, of, of adult babies, as, as he was before Dawn and, and Bates. Um, but he's also he's also your husband, and 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 you and I've I've read elsewhere. You know, you've been asked what it's like to be directed by your husband, and you know, and and I saw that you, you felt like you know he knows you well enough and knows how to push you to you to dig deeper. Now flipping that around, <laughs> you're you're Dominic's producer, and you're also acting in front of the camera. So either or or both, you know, what what is it like that you you obviously know him well going back the other way, and how do you push him to be? The director of the film. Well, I suppose I will always, I will always ask questions. You know, I think sometimes as an actor, if you're an actor and you don't know that you, you can go on a set, mm. and you don't, you know, very often you don't know the director or you don't know the crew, um, so you're kind of, you're there's a, you know, there's a reticence to sort of ask too many questions about what, it, you, you're, you know, an actor is completely within their rights to do that, but sometimes, you know, if you don't know. However, you know, with Dom, obviously I know him very well. And if I feel that uh, something doesn't work or um, I'm not happy with something, you know, I will say something, but I wouldn't never, I wouldn't say it in front of everybody else because I don't think that would be, do you know what I mean? It would, mm. it would, it would just not, I, I think that would undermine him. It would, you know, I wouldn't sort of throw a tantrum and say, oh, I'm not going to do this and, you know, and then feel very relaxed about it. Um, that's never actually happened yet, yet, yet. Just knocking on wood there, feeling that But, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I, I suppose it's, 
we, we we've got a very mutual respect for each other and I, and I wish there was something more you know interesting that I could say you know and I can tell when he's stressed and if he's if time's running you know if things aren't but you know he's um he, I don't know it's it's a, it's a difficult one because we just get on with it really I don't think there's really in indie films there's not really much time to sort of um talk about too many things or discuss too many things we do a lot before the actual film happens and then you know maybe of an evening when you know we're lying in bed thinking oh how did you think that went and maybe we could do this tomorrow that sort of thing mm. and then after and, and in, obviously in post-production but when you're on the floor there is uh there is very little time because you're running against the clock all the time because you, you know you, we don't have months and months we don't have that luxury don't have that cash so it's it's got to be done and, and I suppose um but he would you know obviously he would listen to me if I say you know and I have done on occasion saying I don't know if that's right and he's going okay well uh normally it's like we well we can't change that now because that's the shot and we, you know but uh it, it's very much give and take but I kind of I do leave him to it completely when he's directing I just it, it, so, it sounds almost like you're 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 obviously you're you're an actor on set while the shoot's on and, and, and the, the natural hierarchy of a of the way film works, nothing to do with who's married to who and who's brother or sister with who. Yeah, but, you know, the director has to sort of maintain a level of control or seem to be by everybody. Yeah, but, then, but then when the shoot day's finished, he turns around to you and says, so, producer, what did you think? Yes. Well, it, yeah, that's, that's absolutely right, because, you know, at the end of the day, he is the director, isn't mm. he? And I, I, if I was being seen to undermine him in front of anybody, it would just be horrendous. And I, and I, you know, I would hope that no actor would do that anyway. Mm. Um, and I'm sure there have been many occasions when that has happened. But I just, you know, he he is the the captain of the ship, so to speak. You know? now, now, talking about that, and obviously, and, and, and it, I, I always, it's one of the fascinating things to me about film sets is that they've almost got like a militaristic hierarchy. You know, he's he, he or she talks to him or she. But not not to the not to the next one, you know. It's like there really is. So for you, you're you're obviously with 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 before dawn, with bait, and now with adult babies. You're you're in front of the camera, and you're also part of the pre-production, the production, and the post-production. So you're 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 in you're in both camps, as it were. Yes. Um, how does that work for you? You know, how do I mean, not, not just with Dominic, but obviously the wider cast and crew. How do you make sure you man you balance and maintain and manage those relationships on set so yeah. people can give you feedback and people don't take the piss and blah 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 you know yeah I think I think that's a really good question I think it's easier for me mm -hmm. than it is for other people sometimes okay. um you know there have been occasions when I you know when I'm on set as an actor I've always said to the you know to other producers or or the or the the first and second ads. I said I'm here now, not as a producer. I'm here now as the actor. And okay. You know, this is I have to put this hat on now because otherwise I won't focus and I won't concentrate. Mm -hmm. So normally that's what happens in bait, particularly because I was on set most of the time. So that was more tricky because you know if you're running around doing bits of produ you know producing as well. It can it it can be confusing. However, so for most of it, I I, I had the the actor's hat on whilst I was on the floor. If you see what I mean, mm -hmm. um, you know. Afterwards, I was making sure that everyone was here, there, and everywhere. But when I'm on the floor, I'm the actor, and that's how I have to see it. You know, I I, I remember saying to people in Before Dawn, I said, right today, please don't ask me any producer questions. I'm just going to focus on this because I've got to do X, Y, and Z. And it was quite an intense shoot. And everyone was, as long as I think, as long as you tell everyone that, we had a very close um, crew and it was a very small crew on Before Dawn, as you as you may well know. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So, so it was very... It was very intimate and it was very easy to do that. So with adult babies, um, my role is a lot, is, isn't, isn't, I haven't got the main role by any stretch of the imagination. So I've, it's an important role and it's a great role. It's, it's a fantastic role to play, but I wasn't on set a lot of the time. So, um, I was in the office with the other producer and the production manager and, you know, the, the assistant, um, um, directors sometimes and the runners and stuff. So, um, it was a very clear cut. I think there was one day where um, someone on set, I, 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 
I I think they had forgotten that I was actually a producer on that day, if you see what I mean. <laughs> Something happened on set and I, and I came and I said, what's happened? Can you let? And they said, oh, no, you don't need to worry about it, Joe. And I was like, no, no, I do need to worry about it because today I'm the producer. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fine and it all got sorted. But I think it's harder for other people because you know they're you know when one the crew are working sort of 24 7 and and um and they've got their own jobs to do and they know what they're doing so when you're flitting in and out it's 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 harder for them i think than it is than it is for me but we managed it we always have we kind of we know we we use a lot of the same people um mm. for that reason because obviously it is an independent film and you want people to be passionate about them being there because we're not being paid huge amounts of money um and you know it's got to, i think with the, with these kind of confines you've got to have people who want to do it and who are passionate about it and we are really really lucky because everybody we work with are are just that really and um they want to be there so um you know that's that's how i think it works you know, well, I mean, it sounds to me as well. I mean, it, weirdly, uh, when, when I spoke to Dominic about bait, he, he said something that I've been citing to people ever since he said it, because he talked about um, telling actors in advance on the, 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 how he was going to shoot it and how, because it was a tight shoot, and blah, 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 that, you know, there's not much flexibility for you to start, start saying, no, I'd like to peel a tangerine, please, for this yeah. scene. You know, we need to just get it shot. And again, your example is... You just up front and tell people. It's like you recognise it could be a problem. It probably won't be, but it's easier for you if you say, look, today I'm not producer. I've got to get into this role. Then people understand yeah. why you might evade the question, even if it was to even be hinted around, because you're... So people understand where you're at, as opposed to assuming everyone will know, because this is an important day for you. You know, it's like just being up front and, and, and communicating it. It, you know, film's not a magic world. It's just like any workplace in the end, isn't it? And if everyone understands what's going on, then they can work better for the yeah. greater goal, can't they? And I think that is key. I think the key is, is, is communication, it is dialogue between people because, you know, it is an intense time. And as Dominic said, you know, he's got to he's got to prepare his shots and where the cameras are all going to go and he knows what the what he wants the actors to do. And obviously he there, there is never an, enough time for rehearsal um, because you've got to get a certain amount of, you know, scenes done in a day. Um, but he will always talk to the actors and make sure everyone's happy. Uh, and, and, and that's how he does it. You know, I mean, with bait, we wanted to have a bit of rehearsal time, you know, for my, my character, Victoria Smurfit's character and Jonathan Slinger's character, but we didn't really have that luxury. We just, it, it, it was such a tight shoot. However, amazingly, it worked really, really well, probably because me and Vicky are best friends. Um, so we've known each other since drama school and Jonathan is an incredible actor, you know. Mm. Um, so the, the, and there was a great dynamic between the three of us. Um, and it worked and I feel it worked and it, and, and, and it worked on screen. So, um, I feel it worked on screen and, 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 um, For sure. and we were happy with that. You know, we, 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 it was, it was a good bit of casting from Dominic really for, um, for Jonathan as, especially, you know, cause he was fantastic. Yeah, no, he's, he's uh, definitely one of my favorite bad guys in recent years. Yes. <laughs> he, was, he was bloody perfect, in fact. And do you know what he's playing? I don't know if he's still playing Willy Wonka and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but he was um, he has been playing in the West End, Willy Wonka. Has he really? Yes. <laughs> Great, isn't it? You just think, oh, this is perfect. And I went to see him. I think it was about a year ago he got his tickets, and the, my, my two little boys absolutely loved it. And obviously they haven't seen Bait, God no. But, um, but it was just seeing him, he, that just, which just shows what a brilliant actor he is. Because For he, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just just rewinding the the, 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 the clock back a bit on, on adult babies before we get into bay. Um as as I see you describe um the sort of making of the films, i.e. you know, the development of it uh, as as a journey, because obviously you, you and Dominic being being a married couple, it's it's uh, it's 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 intense from, from the moment you commit to do it, I suppose, because there's all the challenges of getting it ready, then there's the the kind of Peak, peak mania of making the film, and then there's the getting it out to an audience. So, what, what's are you, are you there? You know, developing the script with the, the screen with the screenwriters and, and and Dominic, or well, what we do is we normally um, we, we we write 
the story and we go through it quite um, intensely, scene by scene. We write the synopsis of the story, we have the idea, and mm-hmm. then we're not away for a weekend because I just can't write at home. I find it really, really hard because there's too many distractions. I, I, you know, some of those. Yeah. We go away for a weekend initially and we, we plot it all out scene by scene we, and we write it on little cards, you know, so that when we number the cards so that we've got all these cards so if we need to shift the scenes around later on, we can. It's like a jigsaw kind of thing. No, no, index cards, our screenwriters, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's all very basic, but we, we do talk about it a lot and then that's how we, we, we bounce off a lot of ideas. I then come back and I re- rewrite it and then I put it, you know, I write it on the, on the computer and... Um, uh, and, and uh, yeah, scene by scene. So we then, when we're happy with it and we can see the arc and the journey of the characters and stuff, we then, um, we then give it to a screenwriter, uh, mm-hmm. um, adult baby's case, it was Paul Shrimpton. Mm-hmm. And then he then writes it, he brings it back he, he, and then invariably it, it changes because that's the nature of, of how, you know, writers, you know, work with their creativity. They put their input into it. Mm-hmm. And then we then will re-edit it and say, you know, let's go back to what we had originally planned, you know, more along this line. And then they'll go back and do another draft. And, and that's, and it goes backwards and forwards a few times. Um, and, and that's, and that's how we, how we, how we sort of uh, come up with it really. And that's, that's what we've done with all our films. And we've, had three different screenwriters on each one. Sounds like a fairly a fairly pragmatic process. That's I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And obviously, there's always changes here and there. Yeah, even, yeah, yeah. When it gets, even you know because you realise oh we're not going to be able to shoot that scene because of X Y Z and um, and you amalgamate maybe two scenes into one. You know, it's just you know, but we we try and be as um, you know as honest and fair to the screenwriter and to what he's written as we can because obviously it's. You know, it's his baby as well, so to speak. Well, no, it's, it's, and it's interesting that idea of almost like you you preparing a brief of yes. of like yeah. what, so you're clear what you want. A very, as, we have a very clear vision, yeah, of what a, we want. As opposed yeah. to you know, it would be very easy to go. What we'd like is a revenge movie with two two women leads. Go and yeah. write me a screenplay. That yeah, yeah. that doesn't strike me as helpful or or likely to get what you want. No, no. We, we're very, very clear about what we want, and we're very clear, um, especially with Bait and Before Dawn. Very mm. clear on the characters. I, I, I worked quite, you know, intensely on on the characters, and, and I knew that I wanted it to be two female protagonists in in the film because it could have been two males quite easily. Mm. Um, could have been. A, it could have been a, a married couple. It could. But I really wanted. In for the bait in particular, I really wanted to work with Vicky, so it was really important that we had these two very different characters, and we knew the journey and where they came, you know, all their backgrounds. So th- th- that's fun. That's the fun part. It's really good fun writing character mm. stuff, um, and then and then give all that to the to the writers. And you know, Paul Roundell did bait, and he did an incredible job on that on that on that script. So and he really got the characters, and he was he was fab, you know. And we've been really lucky so far. So. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and I read that you said, you know, when, when you were when you were discussing that with Paul for Bait, and we should say as well that Bait Bait's now available again on um, certainly Netflix UK. Uh, yes. Is it Netflix worldwide or is it just UK? Um, do you know, it's it's out on. It's it only came out a couple of weeks ago. Was it last week? On yeah, the, yeah. I noticed it came up. Yeah, in in the US, so it's out in the US now. Brilliant. So um, it will soon. I think it has a run on the various different, you know. Um, iTunes and all them lot. All that kind of stuff. And then it goes on to US Netflix. Yeah, so it won't be... Well, congratulations getting there. Yeah, I know. It's really, really, really... Now, uh, Bait Bait is... uh, You play play Dawn in that film, don't you? Yes. Now, indulge me a second, because because I think I've hit upon a conspiracy. Only because this is this is only every time you look at something in detail before you do a podcast, you kind of begin to you make links and you go, "That's ridiculous." But you made a film called Before Dawn, and then after it, you started the film oh, yes, yes, as Dawn. True. What kind of conspiracy theory is this, Joanne? <laughs> well, that was it. Was all part of it. it was that that was my little thing. Yeah, that she was definitely. Yeah, it was my. She was going to be called Dawn because of Before Dawn. I don't know what kind of conspiracy theory it is. People, oh, can I'm make... glad you meant it, though. I'm glad you meant it. That's, that's, <laughs> made, that's made my day. No, I did mean it, definitely. Definitely. Mike was trying to get it into adult babies as well, but there wasn't actually any scope for it. 
Now, Dawn's, I want. <laughs> Dawn's character's a bit too honest for her own good, which doesn't help yeah. with uh, with creating the bad situation they end up in. But but as a, as a role, yes, it's 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 in the midst of a psychological film. But obviously, the, you and Vicky have both got a fairly kick-ass action to contend with too. So. Yeah. Preparations for both the kind of mental, you know, being that put upon woman in small town Yorkshire, you know, versus preparing for the physical demands of kicking someone's head in. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, they're not the same thing, are they? No, 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 they're not. I mean, obviously, you know, again, it's genre, isn't it? So we've got mm. to sort of push those boundaries, you know. Of course. Over. Um, but I suppose for me, um, I liked the character of Dawn in the sense that, you know, she, she had all these, she, Dawn goes on the biggest journey, I think, because, um, she is this woman who's a single mum, you know, she hasn't got any cash, she's, she's struggling, um, she's probably had a kid, had her child when she was probably 18 or something, so she was, or maybe young, I don't know, but she was young and naive, and she doesn't really know much, you know, she hasn't got a lot of life experience apart from the small town that she lives in. Her friend Bex, on the other hand, is much more worldly. Um, so that, so therefore there's, there's, a, there's a nice kind of opposites going on there. And I, I guess that's what happens in real life a lot, isn't it, with friendships. Mm. And, um, and I suppose she's, you know, she's... She's, they go to the banks, don't they? They're desperate to start up a new business. They have that ambition. Perhaps it's Dawn is much more desperate, I think, than, than, than Bex is. Bex will always get by. She'll, she'll sort something out. But Dawn is desperate, not just for herself, but for her son. Um, and so it's, you know, the stakes are pretty high for her. So when they don't, when the, when the banks turn them down, you know, someone, some this kind of knight in shining armor comes along and which is not unusual in in a lot of places in a lot of towns and cities and he um and he offers them a deal that you know she is naive and um she does accept it but when you're i think when you're that desperate anyone who's in a desperate desperate situation it's amazing what um you know what you can what you can be strung along with by somebody and he seemed like a very nice person he's a, he, he was a ticket out of there and it wasn't just that it was potential a potential man in her life a potential man for her son you know all those things mm. um someone who is who is desperate will cling on to and i think um you know a lot of you know i could look at that person as joe and go oh for goodness sake why would she be so stupid but i i, I have never been in a situation that she has i know of people who have been and um and have done the most ridiculous things you know and not just people who are working class you know it can be anybody in society. no 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 and i think, I think and, and the clever thing about the way the story's told is that you you put the audience in the position of expert so she doesn't know what she's getting herself into but we do so like it's very easy for us to judge what's right and what's wrong and which direction she should take but obviously if we were in her shoes we wouldn't yeah. know all the bad stuff that's gone on no, no. So we just think, you know, we and, and obviously she. I guess a flaw in her character is her trust, isn't it? She's 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 too trusting. Yeah, and, I think she is, but I think I think anybody who is desperate will will, will, will grab anything because yeah. I suppose if the choices are this or nothing, then, yeah. then this becomes yeah. the, the 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 golden ticket, like you say. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I think that I mean, I listen to Radio Four, you know, programs which sounds. <laughs> But I, I, I remember listening to a Radio 4 programme and, and this woman, you know, she, she spoke, you know, she was middle, obviously middle class, middle aged. And she was saying that she was completely taken in by somebody. And you would think that you, why, you know, as an outsider, you would think, really, you would, you know, so we can always stereotype people mm. by saying, oh, by the way they speak or whether the way they look. But everyone has their own private battle inside, don't they? And if and if that battle means money. Um, and you know, we've all been in debt at some point in our lives and it is horrendous. It's, it's, it's terrifying. Um, and, and I suppose what then happens with Dawn and Bex and in the story, it escalates and escalates and escalates. So it's completely out of control. And that isn't, um, you know, it, it does seem far fetched to somebody who lives in a nice sort of semi detached house and got a nice garden and 2.4 children. It, it feels very, but this sort of thing does happen. And, there are plenty of plenty of stories which we drew on from 
from these experiences to write to write the story. Um, and some hideous things have happened, you know, and, and, and not, not, not dissimilar to what, you know, what went on in the film, even though some people, you know, I think, and quite, you know, some people don't want to look at that and quite rightly so. And some people need to see that because this is what goes on. No, know? I mean, I mean, I went back, I went back over my review before we spoke because I reviewed it when it played at Fright Fest. And, um, for me, what was interesting looking back at what I said, it was, um, what, what interested as it reminds me is that a you you didn't shy away from a kind of immoral ending. Now, I'm not going to spoil it anything, but just I reference Death Wish as a as a as a film which equally has an immoral ending. Even though it's, there might be there might well be justice, but it's but if if we go with rule of law, then then the rule of law would say yeah. we're not meant to do that. No. You know that's that's by the by. But also. Um, it is very much a modern horror, uh, sorry, a horror about modern capitalism, because if capitalism is about supply and demand, then what we've just been talking about, i.e. Dawn's position, is that her supply and demand situation is the only supply she's got, is this evil source. It isn't like she can go to HSBC or whatever. And she didn't know that evil source was an evil source. No, and that's like, I think that's what I say earlier. I think that's what's clever about it, is we know, as yeah. we're watching that she's digging a big hole that she's not going to get out of. But but she doesn't know because she thinks she's doing the right thing that's needed for her. And that's that's really neat. Um, in the... In the um, I read somewhere that you, you, you said one of the things that you asked when you were doing the script development side of this, you were saying, look, you, what you wanted is layered, gritty and real character for, for the people in the, in the screenplay. What what moment, moment or moments in Bay do you think exemplify that most for your character, Dawn? I think, um, well, I think there's quite a few actually. I think, um, I think when she realizes what she's got herself into, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, there's a scene between herself and, um, Bex in the kitchen when, 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 when she's, he, she's obviously been with him that night and, um, Dawn come, uh, Bex comes in and hasn't realized. And then there's a kind of a standoff between the girls. Um, when he walks out, do you know what I mean? I can't mm. remember, if you remember that scene. And then there's a standoff between the girls. Vicky's character, Bex, walks out. They come back, and there's this kind of meeting of minds because there's, there's, there's that friendship. At the end, there's friendship, you know, and it, it, friendship goes a long, long way. And they, and she's really messed up. She knows she's messed up. And Dor and Bex blames her, you know. So there's all these things going on. But then there's a there's there is a point where where she goes where she realizes that this is not going to this is not going to end ever this is never going to end it's either him me or my child you know that's 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 really the basis so i think then she there's this kind of it's a a perfect hobson's choice isn't it for in the end yes yes and it is that kind of animalistic quality that lioness and she will you know this this power from within mm. uh, to protect and that's her journey you know and that's the you know uh, we don't know what power we have until we're pushed to that that limit until we're faced with that brick wall that we have to bash down and i think that's that's where um you know the layers of, of dawn really sort of start moving and shifting and surfacing um and that's and that's where good good modern good modern horror that deals in the human realm yeah. is is best because we we walk out of the cinema going, what would I have done? What would yeah. as long as as long as you're asking yourself that, or was she right to was she right to do what she did? And you're like, oh, because well, yeah, exactly. I mean, there is that moral question, isn't mm. there? I know a lot of people sort of thought, well, you know, it, 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 it's terrible, but you shouldn't really have killed him. But it was like, well, yeah, no, she shouldn't have done. And I think they, but they, I think at the end of the day, they knew that he would never, I mean, they saw what he did to Bex's boyfriend, mm. you know, he would never, he wouldn't, he was never going to stop. And, you know, there was the part that the police were in, not involved, but they knew about him and they were kind of, you know, there's all these, and it's just, it's just, you know. Um, well, helplessness can go either way, can it? And obviously your film goes down the road of, I'm not going to run anymore. I'm going to get proactive. And so yeah. suddenly the, the tables turn because that's not what the evil person expects. So, no, um, no, no. 
no one has ever crossed this person before. And and I suppose, it, you, you know, to a degree, it would be. And that's why I think it's interesting that it was two women in a sense, because, you know, if it was two men, you kind of who as a, as a two protagonists, it would be you kind of would expect that fight. You know, you, that that could that is. Yeah, I mean, and he, he was obviously a, a sex predator as much as he was, you know, a, yes. a, a violent bully. You know, it wasn't yes. just wasn't was just the one. He's a psychopath. He's, you know, yes. social, you know he's, he's, he has no morals at all. You know, we could see that with his family. You could see that with his wife. You know, with anybody he comes across, he just. He, he knows In fact, yeah, he exemplifies it. I was, I was listening to. Um, there's a great podcast called Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, and they did a whole analysis of the hidden psychopath. And they took. They now in therapy we differentiate we as in the world, not me and you, um, <laughs> differentiate between sociopath and psychopath, which I always thought were the same. The psychopath is someone who knows what empathy is and can mirror what you and I believe is empathy to manipulate yeah. us. Not because they think empathy is a good thing to yeah, share yeah. with one another, but it's because that's what gets trust. So yes. I can act empathetic and yeah. then the minute I've got you, I'll yeah. I can turn evil when I, when I want. Yes. And, and quite often they have jobs, they have families, and mm. whereas sociopaths are completely dysfunctional because their sociopathy is what makes them unable to keep a job you know, pay people who rent, make friends, and so on and so forth, because they, they haven't learned that little bit, which is, if you just mirror empathy, you yes. uh, you you can get on in this world, but then if you're yes. also the psychopath, then you can also use it to your, your evil advantage, which is... And that's exactly... Yes, that's exactly... And we did actually do quite a bit of research into this as well. Because did you? Just, yeah, yeah, we, we, we went to see um, a psychiatrist, um, and uh, he, he, he gave us a lot of information and talked a lot about psychopaths, and and sociopaths. Oh, give us a, give us a nugget then of some, something that you surprised you from that conversation. Oh, well, well, actually, nothing that you, not, nothing more than what you have just literally just said. You okay. know, that, you know, when we gave him the script and I said to him, you know, what do you think? Would is he capable? Would someone like this be capable? You know, because in my head, it's it's extraordinary. You know, I mean, we'd written, we've 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 heard stories, and but I wanted to speak to somebody who comes into contact with these kind of people. Hmm. On not necessarily a daily basis, but within his his career, and he said absolutely. You know, he said absolutely. These people are just like that. He said that's what they they don't, as you said, they don't have the empathy. And if they if they appear to, it's because they're mirroring it. They're they're clever enough. They've manipulated it. They will stand at nothing. You know, there won't anything in their way to get. And, and you know, what they want is is what they want, and that's it. And it doesn't matter what happens to that to what that person but he wants that what for example the money he wants that and that's what he's going to get and it, it there's no ifs buts or maybes that's that's just the way it is and he and and if it means killing somebody it means killing somebody you know and that's horrendous and it's awful to think about it's really dark and and nasty but and also um I was listening on the radio to this program and it was talking about there is an actual part of the brain that hasn't been um <sighs> I mean, I, I, I don't know if I should actually, I, have, I can't quote it, obviously, because I can't remember, but it, it was really interesting that psychopaths have a, a, a part of their brain that hasn't been developed. Someone will probably know a lot more about this than I, obviously I do. Um, and and, and that gives them that gene. They can test it now if people have Blimey. that. Blimey. Blimey. Yes, apparently. It's amazing. <clears throat> you know, it's something you're born with, apparently, you know. I don't know. It's, you know, <laughs> that's what they say. But it was just, um, it was very interesting to have that um, conversation with with um, the psychiatrist man, and and uh, he he was really, really, really helpful to us. You know, when, when we were building that character, really helpful. Now, alongside alongside films that you've you've been uh, starring in and, and, and directly involved in developing, you're you're also uh, you've also starred in a film called Habit, which was directed by Simeon. Halligan, who who's a, another alumni of the Britflix podcast, he came on when he when he'd made uh, White Settlers. Oh yeah, yes, which I was in as well. And and so oh, that almost answers, that almost answers the question I was going to ask then, because I was saying get, just to give people a sense of because obviously if you're not you're not you're not involved in producing this film, so the the control of who gets in the film and who doesn't get in the film is the least with you at this point. But I suppose your relationship with Simeon then stemming from White Settlers may have had an influence, may not. But do you want to give us a sense of, 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 of how you landed that role in, in Habit? Well, um, well, 
obviously, we, I, I know Rachel and Sim, obviously, from White Settlers, but before that, because they showed Before Dawn, I think. Um, it, I think it was, yeah, at... Um, Grimfest. It, at Grimfest. and. Yeah. Uh, and Shell Shock, which is another short that we did at, at Grimfest as well. So we've got, we've got a, a really nice relationship, friends relationship and working relationship. Um, and we all get on really well. So, um, I, when Habit was sort of in the last stages um, of this, of the screenplay, cause he adapted, cause it was Sim who adapted it from Stephen McGee's novel called Habit. Um, Rachel sent me the script and said, oh, what do you think? And she said, I'd love to know your thoughts. And so I read it and, and, and I really liked it. And, you know, I can't remember what I said about it. And she said, well, if there's anything in there that you would like to play, just let us know. And I, so I said, oh, I'd love to play the character of Katie, who's kind of like the, the madam at the brothel, uh, where it's set. Well, most of the action takes place anyway. And so that's how it happened. Obviously, I did have to audition though, which, um, which was, which was, absolutely fair enough and and uh they had their casting director so obviously they wanted to make sure everyone was perfect for the for the part so um and then yeah it was great that they gave it to me i was really pleased it was um it was really good yeah do you want, what's what's do you want to give a, bit, a little synopsis as to what what habits about yeah well it's um there's a there's a there's a there's a line actually which is great and it, it kind of sums it up in one line because i was because it is it's it's it doesn't really, it falls, it's not really horror, there is, it's a really strange one, because there is, there is a lot of drama in it, there's a lot mm -hmm. of thriller in it, there's a bit, there's, there's black comedy, I suppose, and there is horror, so it, 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 it kind of falls between all those, um, all those uh, sort of genres, I suppose, and so, but it, it, it's, it's basically, it's set within, um, the neon, I'm going to quote this because I think it's brilliant. It's set within the neon drenched, rain swept underbelly of Manchester where the addicted prey on the lost and lonely. And it, um, which is, I, I quite like that. I mean, that's, that, that's kind of there. That's what, what's what, that's what they're, one of the quotes that they use. But it, it basically follows, um, a young lad called Michael who is played by Elliot Langridge and he's unemployed. He's lonely. He's, he's, he's just wandering the streets of Manchester, basically. And he bumps into, um, this young girl called Lee, who's played by Jessica Barden. And basically she just, without giving too much away, she introduces him to a, to another world and another potential for, for, for a start in life. But it's not quite the kind of start in life that Michael had envisaged. Um, and it sort of takes him on this kind of journey of, um, of you know this sort of sinister, dark, seedy, and bloodthirsty journey of what's going on on you know on the sort of on the underbelly of of the Manchester streets. So it's 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 very dark. It's very seedy. It's it's very interesting. It's a really interesting piece, and it does take some really good twists and turns. And um, I look forward to seeing it because I grew up in Manchester. So um, I know it's good. So it's Pretty, pretty. Yeah, to see when people do something cine uh, cinematic with with it, it's it's always interesting to see what they do, and, yeah. and that's, that sounds like it sounds like a very stylized look through you know look look at Manchester. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It's. it's but I, I, you know, I haven't seen it yet, so it's very difficult to sort of say. You know, but I, but it was a, it was a, it was a really enjoyable experience, and, and you know, the cinematography. From what I've seen from some of the rushes, you know, coming back, looked amazing. So is I that is that due? Is that I mean, at the moment, I, I can see it's slated for a 2017 release. Is it is it going to be out this year or is it? I think it's, I think it's yeah, late this year. I think. Okay. And, yeah. and that reminds me, we should because we talked about adult babies at the start. We didn't say so. That's that's due what some autumn time? Do you think adult babies yeah. will get a release? Yes, yes, we're, we're hoping for that. Yes. Excellent, excellent. Well, fingers crossed. Well, look, one last question. Um, yeah. And hopefully you've had this one swimming around your head as we, we did a bit of prep beforehand. Um, women in horror is 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 a story is a story that keeps getting repeated at the moment. I think I think coming out I think South and Southwest had the XX, which was an all female directed anthology. Mm -hmm. We've got Raw coming out, and, and you, you've been asked this before, and, and and it's you mentioned the Soskia sisters and Jennifer Lynch and Alice Lowe has been you know garnering all kinds of attention for her. Yeah. Yes, for her writing, writing, directing, and starring role. Yeah. Um, so, from from your yeah, as, as a fan of genre, yes. and, and and before then, I mean, we mentioned it before we started recording things like Babadook as well. Um, from from a genre genre fan's point of view, what what eye or voice do you think it is that 
the, these the, these and other female uh, filmmakers are tackling or showing that that that, that, that previously the male dominated a male dominated genre like horror wasn't doing. And I mean, and I say that I mean you, you, you're producing films yourself, you know. And we talked, you know, what we talked around bait. You were saying it was important that the two key roles were women because it make, it makes such a difference. But what do what do you see as a fan in in these films that that you're not that you weren't seeing before? And and the, the the supplementary question to that is just thinking about one of your your co-producers Jen Handorf, who who she's making a she thinks she's directing a documentary now, isn't she? Um, so does this mean for you? Do you are you seeing an ambition to to direct your own horror film as well? Well, I mean, for me, I fell into this. You know, I've I've always been a fan of horror, but I, I kind of fell into it through Before Dawn. Okay. I did. You know, I I was. Um, I've always loved, I was never a big zombie fan or anything like that hmm. until we made Before Dawn. And then I sort of, you know, I was, I, I have to say, I may, I may have been a little bit narrow minded about the whole horror thing. Um, even though, you know, I grew up watching, you know, The Exorcist or The Shine, you know, they were all my, some of my favorite films, but I was never into, I mean, Dominic watches, used to watch, I mean, he still does. He watches horror all the, all the time. And so do I now, but it, it was really bef since before dawn and, and, um, being amongst all the fright fest lot. And I just thought, this is brilliant. I thought, you know, th these people are, are so, everyone was so, um, knowledgeable about the, the, the genre, but also very, very open-minded. You know, there's, there's, there's genre within genre, isn't there? There's kind of, of the, course, yeah. the sort of the slasher, there's the thriller, there's the, there's, you know, there's, there's the zombies, there's the vampires, there's, there's all those, there's, so I just thought it was fascinating. And, and, and I was quite, and I said, to, I remember saying to Dom, Dominica when I was the first time I went to Fright Fest, I said, it's mostly men in black, isn't it? And then, and he said, yeah, it's, <laughs> it is, it's mostly men. And that was the thing that sort of struck me. And then, I met the Soska twins and they kind of fascinated me because our film Before Dawn was um, shown on the Discovery screen, whereas their film American Mary was shown on the on the big screen, on the main screen in Leicester Square at the Empire. And I was just blown away by that movie. And I was blown away by them because I just thought they were such great girls. And, um, you know, and I, and I and I just admired them for their for what they looked like, for for their attitude, for, for their And they were so friendly. And I just thought, you know, this is, and I, and I, and I, and the fact that American Mary was, you know, obviously they had the female protagonist in that and what happened and it followed her journey. Mm -hmm. I really, I really, really liked it. And I, I don't know, you know, I'm not one of these people who will say, oh, I, you know, I'll watch anything. I'll watch anything and I'll learn from anything because there's so many people out there, regardless of them being male or female to learn from. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I don't have this big thing of, Right, women have got to be this and women have got to be that because I just think I'd rather not sort of talk about it, but just take that action. If you see mm. what I'm, I mean, I know it's really important for it to be, um, you know, for their articles to be in the Guardian, which I think there was one recently mm -hmm. um, about women sort of really sort of coming to the forefront with within the genre, and I think that's fantastic and it's great and it's great publicity. And there's no reason why that shouldn't happen. I suppose it was always seen for some reason, some archaic reason, that it was only men who liked horror films. but And maybe women were being very quiet about that because they thought it wasn't the done thing. I don't know. Um, but suddenly, it's, I don't know, it's become its become very popular that women are in horror. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't feel particularly political or anything about it. I just... I just do what I enjoy doing and I think it's fun and I think the people who who are in the industry are are wonderful wonderful people and they don't and a lot of horror um people they they, they don't you know they'll watch anything they won't just watch horror they'll watch comedy they'll watch drama and that's and I think they're very very open minded and I think uh, and I, there's no reason why women can't be the same and I still do talk to a lot of women I think there is a still there is there is taboo about it I think because I've got friends who said oh I I never watch a horror movie and it's like well why you know and everyone has their own opinions and which is absolutely fine um but I think it is and I think the great thing about women um coming to the forefront is it perhaps it's opening other women, other women's, other women's, other other people or women that mind that you, you know it's okay to watch a whole film. Actually, it's it's um it's actually uh, it's entertaining. It's interesting. There is stories. Not all of them have stories, but there are. You know, there's stories. There are characters. 
Um, and, uh, you know, it's great to be taken on that kind of exciting journey of a roller coaster of crazy twists and turns, you know. It, yeah, I thought, yeah, so that's what I think. But I, what, what were you saying? Was, I've just wibbled on now. I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I was, I, I was, it, was, it was interesting to travel along with you. Uh, no, I was, well, it was, and, and you kind of said, because it's, it's like what, what do, the, the question I always think is what, what if, if this is becoming prominent, i.e. there's a volume of films that people are beginning to go, okay, these are good films, and then people go brackets, and they're made by, and, and they seem to all be made by females, so that's an important thing, because it's previously been dominated uh, by, by men, for, for just, you know, the, that's film, horror film, obviously, like you say, you know, a lot of people in black t-shirts is, is not unusual, but I, I must admit, I do, you do see a lot more women there than, than you probably would have done 10 years ago. Um, it's definitely changing and I think that's great you know I don't but, but, but I think something like Alice Lowe's film have you seen Prevenge? I haven't yet no I really want to see it now I obviously it. you've been a mother you're saying yes. you've had two kids and, and, and she tells the story of a pregnant woman whose mm. baby's talking to her which yes. I think that's a I think that's a thing that happens you know you know the way your body talks to the baby because it's growing inside you but mm, she, yeah. she's got she's gone what if the baby was demonic and telling me to kill yeah, and then yeah. and that I don't think I don't you know I'm not saying that a bloke couldn't have done it, but I think that becomes a unique thing to, to a story to tell that wouldn't otherwise have been told. If yeah. that makes sense. And I think because she is a woman, I think she knows how to tell that story. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because it's truthful, it's honest, and you know I haven't seen it yet, but. And yeah, she's literally I, pregnant. It's not even yeah. like it's a pill or a jumper. Yeah. She's literally pregnant while doing it. Yes, exactly. So, I, you know, and I think that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's an amazing, I mean, if it, 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 I mean, on so many levels, it works. Um, uh, and, but as, as someone who has been pregnant, you, you know, you, you do, yeah, realistically, I mean, I don't know many people who haven't felt that they're going slightly crazy at one point or another. Mm. Um, and it's, and it's as far as you can take it. I mean, it's the same with The Babadook. For me, that's what I loved about it. It's one of my favourite films, The Babadook, because I just think, you know, the, the, the hellishness of no sleep, of a child just sapping all your energy. There's all those things uh, uh, amongst all the beauty of having a child. But the fact that she's on her own with a child, no sleep, that, you know, her husband uh, tragically died. Um, you know, there's all these things that psychologically play on a, on, on a woman's mind. And I think a woman has to juggle so many things in life, you know, and... Oh, and no, that, I mean, Babadook is amazing, isn't it? For the, yes. the, 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 I mean, tackling the notion of what if you can't love a child, which to a mother, in, yes. tra in, in, all, in all traditions, is the anathema of all anathemas, isn't it? You're, like, you're meant to have a baby, love the baby, you know, grow the child and, and, and be a good mother. The idea that... And, and, and obviously, Jennifer Kent's story, the idea of man, a child manifesting the reason why your husband died yes, is yeah. is a real horror. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. But it also is, is it, you know, she's constantly questioning herself whether it's real because of, you know, that lack of sleep, it mm. like tricks on you. And, you know, this book, is this book real? You know, it's like, what what is real? You don't know what's real anymore. And I think, and I, and I think having not, I haven't seen Prevenge, but I, I think it takes you into that realm as well. Is this baby real? Is it really talking to me? Is it, you know, it's all those things um, that it's not sort of, you know, beds of, you know, roses and lovely feathers and cushions like you, like how you would expect it to be because motherhood isn't like that. It's really, it's really <laughs> hard to work. It's a very, then, a very physical thing. That's... It's a very physical and emotional thing. Very... And I think that, and, and I suppose that, you know, I suppose it, being told by a woman, I think, um, I don't know, maybe maybe it's, it, people would believe it more because it is being told by a woman. I buy, buy that. I buy yeah. that. You know. Well, look, um, thank you very much for giving us your time. You've been very generous for the British podcast. <laughs> thank you very much. That's been, yeah, it's been really enjoyable. It made me think. I've had to really, you know. Well, really I, I felt like you didn't pause for thought there. I was, I was just trying to hold on. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, look, you. best of luck with the, with the fine details or whatever it is with adult babies ahead oh. of the release. And uh, I look forward to uh, the sequel to this when, when I talk to Dominic then about the, when it gets its release. Yes, you must. You must. Yes, he'll enjoy that. That'd be great.
All right. Well, look, have a good day. And uh, thank you very much. Thanks very much, Stuart. Take care. If you don't already subscribe to BritFlix, just sign up for free at iTunes and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it. Or follow at BritFlix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly. Thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com.